This week on Trust the Process. If you feel like you're attracted to another person in that sense, or you need that, whatever that is on the side that you're looking for, you're obviously not happy with what you're with. Why even waste your time in that relationship? It's not working out. Obviously, if you're looking towards other people for fulfilling your needs, we've talked about this on previous podcasts, fulfilling your needs for what you need. And if you feel like your partner's not providing that, you can either A, sit down and talk to them, address it, or B, if they just cannot physically do it or are not interested in doing it, separate. Get out of the relationship, get away from it, and you don't have to stoop to these low levels. And we are back for episode number five of Trust the Process. CB here with Sal. And we have one of our most interesting topics to date coming up. And one way or another, unfortunately, 95% of us have gone through this situation. And our main topic today is cheating. Oh, now, gosh. Here we go. Here one, we go. one of the lines I've heard from a, a very famous person is cheat or be cheated on. And that is is while it's funny and people laugh at it when the person says it, it's completely wrong and it's not the angle we're taking, baby. We are fully against that form of act. Uh, For our second segment today, we will also be talking about toxic male masculinity. Something I know a lot of the ladies out there would love to hear two men rabble on about because it's, (laughs) it's, it's an issue. It's a very big issue, and it's something that men need to recognize and address and you know, kind of squash. But to get us rolling off the first topic, Sal, we always like to go to our our experiences first off. Have you ever been in a situation where cheating's ever come up? Well, let's just say this first. Let me let me say hello. This is a uh, Colin brought these topics to me, and he was excited about them. So hey, no, 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 no. Hey. I just I just come with the hard hitting hey, talking listen, points. Let me talk. You got you got to open up. Let me talk. <laughs> So normally I do the preaching on this on this podcast, but today I think it's gonna be the opposite way around. I feel like Colin's gonna be preaching a little bit about some of these topics, so I'm gonna let him preach. But I'm gonna go ahead and open it up because he wants me to open it up. So uh, well, let me, first let me off, see. first off, I want you I want you to say why you think I'm going to be in that role because I'm curious to why you think that. Preaching? Oh, you were excited about these topics. Well, I well no, I came up with it. But you this were is like, the first time we came into the booth, and I had these topics already planned out before we started yeah, rolling. Yeah, and you you were chomping the bit to get started. Well, fun fact: we pretty much improv these mm. topics the minute we arrive to the studio each and every night to record this podcast. So if you, we sound well prepared for these topics, we're playing we're playing you like fools because we <laughs> aren't. But no, I was. I have a lot of opinions on it, for sure, but yeah. I don't know if I'm going to be, like, preaching to the people. Hey, well, we'll see how... But open it up. Go ahead. All right, cool, cool, cool. So I think, uh, have I ever been cheated on? Has it ever been a topic of conversation? Uh, no. Uh, it's Lucky never... for you. <laughs> it's never been a topic of conversation. Um, It's never really happened to me, but it's happened to a lot of my friends. So I've seen it from, like, afar, being an outsider looking in, but, um... I mean, let's just get let's get out of the way. Cheating is kind of fucked, and so if you uh, if you're gonna cheat, just break up with the person or have a conversation. I mean, in this in this culture, now we got we got 
so many different avenues you can either break up, you can engage in all kinds of different activities with with your partner together, partner separate. I mean, there's so much. <laughs> there's so many options you have that cheating should not be one of your options. Like you have so many avenues. You're tiptoeing a line there. <laughs> <laughs> You're tiptoeing a line. We are a podcast about positivity, about well-being, about good things, and you're uh. We don't encourage people playing others around here. I'll just say that. I'm just, I'm just tiptoeing. I'm just saying. Oh, we know you're tiptoeing. All the, <laughs> I'm saying all the possibilities that society has now offered us. There is no reason to cheat. I think I, what I can start off with a basic byline is like, if you feel like you're attracted to another person in that sense, or you, or you need that whatever that is on the side that you're looking for, you're obviously not happy with what you're with. Why even waste your time in that relationship? It's not working out, obviously, if you're looking towards other people for fulfilling your needs. We've talked about this on previous podcasts, fulfilling your needs for what you need. And if you feel like your partner's not providing that, you can either A, sit down and talk to them, address it, or B, if they just cannot physically do it or are not interested in doing it, separate. Get out of the relationship, get away from it, and you don't have to stoop to these low levels. Well, now let's let's do some um, DOT defining. Ex- explain of to a dummy terms. Like me. Okay, defining of terms. Let's define the terms. So, what is cheating, and how is it defined? Cheating on the most basic level is lust. For something outside of the relationship. Mm. It can be as simple as, you know, seeing that nice little lady walking down the street while you're... You've seen the meme, you know, the guy that's holding the hand of the girl and he's turning around looking at the girl walking away from him? Yeah. Yeah, As simple as that is intentions in the brain of breaking that sacred bond that you have with the person. So that's cheating. That's cheating to you. At the very basic level. That's but not, there's so many that's different not ways. grounds for breaking up or separation. Well, we can get you, do, that's, well, you a, can, that's a whole different topic. You could, you could admire beauty. I mean, come on, man. If you're watching the lady walk I'm away, seeing, and I mean, I, I, I am not trying to use any disrespectful words at all, but you know what a man is doing uh, when he's watching a lady walk away. Uh, I mean, not, are, we, are, are we tiptoeing the line? Is that are we are we doing that when we're doing that act? I'm just asking. I'm asking. Is that oh, what's the what's the line for when it's cheating that's so heinous that you can't like? Is it subjective? So what is? Is it subjective? That's the question, and I think that's the question that can be the foundation of this topic. Is cheating outside of the pure obvious examples? Is it subjective to people? Yeah, definitely. Now, how do we set those guidelines? You can't. It has to be set. By you and your partner. Because I feel like a lot of these relationships depend on, you know, the public perception of it. Yeah, yeah. And and this is why we have so many communication issues in our relationships is that we just depend on public opinion, uh, just the norms that we see see in society. Societal norms are what we base those on. Let's give a a common societal norm. We're going to get into some deep stuff here. So porn. Okay. Some call it cheating. Some call it not. Society says society is becoming more and more okay with it. It's just part of society life. But then you also have that subset of group of people 
for a nine okay with porn. So like, what is is porn cheating? Is porn not cheating? I think the people that are in belief that it is cheating go along the lines of the people that believe any type of lust outside of a relationship qualifies as cheating. Okay. I think that's how that categorizes. So where are you at on this spectrum? Oh well. I think, again, I'm very subjective in my opinions of it. I believe if my partner was watching porn or lusting over another individual in a pornography, I would not have an angle of thinking of it as cheating. Yes, they're lusting for the person, but I think I'm more of a, uh, I'm more of a, if they're doing the act type of thing, okay. then it's cheating. I, I think I'm more concrete than most people. Yeah, you want, if they, if they engage in coitus, that's cheating. Yes. If they... Any form of sexual favors is, in my opinion... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, thinking yeah. about, like, oh, like a fan of wet dreams. Those are real for both men and women. Now, I I, I mean, those I, are, I guess I can the, understand if someone feels like that's cheating, but at the same time, that's just how we're built no, biologically. No, I'm saying that's not cheating at all, but I'm saying, like... Oh, but here's the thing. It's so subjective that maybe even, you know, people joke about it. It's like, oh, who are you thinking about in your dreams? Like, they they joke about it like that, yeah. but some people are crazy enough to act like that is their form of cheating. I don't know, man. I can't speak for everybody. That's why I said it's so subjective from the beginning. So then what's the what's the guidelines then to, to understand this cheating stuff? Well, I think we, and then I think we, we yeah, 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 yeah. I think we kind of covered that. The guideline is that you set the the parameters with your significant other. Okay. But the problem is, is that, like I said, is that communication is so limited between people in relationships that they never get to this point of talking about stuff like that. They're not comfortable. Maybe they're not comfortable talking about it. Maybe that they just feel it's innately uh, understood between both parties what is and what isn't. That's the basis of all miscommunications in relationships. Period. And it's no different with cheating. I agree. I definitely agree. I think that there's also some some conversations because, so when is it? So let's get to this. Uh, there's so many different steps in a relationship. There's marriage, of course. Like marriage is like the obvious one, but then there's also, you see that there is. Um, so let's say you're non-exclusive, but you're, you know, you're in the beginning stages of the relationship. So talking. Are you going? Yeah, with the talking, talking phase. Talking phase. Okay. So is that? Can you cheat in that phase, or can you? I think, honestly, this is the most subjective point we're going to talk about all night. This talking phase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so many people are different on this. Define talking. There like it's, are so many people that believe, oh, well, you know, if we're something, make it official. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, I'm going to keep my options open. And then there are other people that are saying, if you're actually putting in the time to build this, you're committed to it. I'm going to be honest with you. I tiptoe the line on this. I don't know which side to go with it. This is the first time we're going to have a discussion where I can say firmly... I don't know which side I'm on on it because I understand both sides in both arguments. Like it's, it's fair to have this discussion. No, I mean, I know where I fall on this line. I think I fall on the, if we're putting an effort, let's, if we're, if we're putting an effort. So yeah, I mean, for me talking is, I'm going to put an effort, but if we're not exclusive, I'm also going to try to put an effort elsewhere too, because I mean, make the, like make, make the decision. Like this goes back to the same point. Communication is yeah, the biggest part. I'm, and I tell them, like, are we going to be exclusive or you want to chit chat and pity patty around? Because if you want to chit chat and pity patty, I can chit chat with you, chit chat with you and chit chat with you until X, Y or Z becomes A and B. 
that's such the millennial generation these days, though. It's like I agree. We're, we're just I agree. so. It's almost like we're playing a game and we're just testing the field and seeing which one's the best match, and then we snap and go for that. And unfortunately, that leaves other parties of that game in a bad situation. And that's where we get all of, all of these issues. Some people consider that, in essence, cheating, Yeah, playing around like that. The more I think about it, it's just, it's so hard. I don't know. I don't think. I don't think I consider it cheating. I think it's disrespectful and I think it's wrong to do, but I don't think I can put it in the category of cheating. Talking? Or what? Talking and like talking to several different people. Like if you're not exclusive yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I can go as far as calling it cheating. I think what you should do though is if you're talking to multiple people, tell the person, hey, listen, I'm talking to you. We're not exclusive yet, so... Okay, but here's my question to you. How often do you think that happens? Depends. Can you name me one time you ever thought that it even happened to somebody you know? Like, I'm not even saying from personal experience. Do you think the average person sitting oh, there no. and giving up that information? No, Absolutely no, not. No. Not a chance. But I'm saying like, that's what I would say would be like, the, the right thing to do. There's so many right things to do, but Sal, at the same time, we have to realize we are humans and we don't do the right thing most of the time. Eve ate the apple. Adam joined in. Bad things happen. That is what happens to the human race. We make bad decisions. All right, well then, shit, what are we supposed to do? What we're supposed to do is at the core of this entire argument is communication and open honesty. That is how you avoid the issue of cheating. Because if you're openly honest and telling your girl that this just is not working out, and that, hell, you've even met someone else you're interested in. You got out in front of that before making a bad decision and causing the terror into someone's life. And we can get down later in this conversation about the effects of cheating itself. Well, let's let's get back to your point. But yes. so this happened to me recently. Oh? Like, real oh, recently. Okay. Real recently. Fill me in. So I was talking to that girl, right? That one girl that I was like not really into, but kind of into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, we've heard plenty about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I ended things with her like on Thursday. Okay. Thursday or Friday, whatever. One, one of these days. No, it was Saturday. Saturday. What did you do to end that? I'm curious. I just sent a paragraph text message saying, "Hey, listen." Just not into it. Yeah, not 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 emotionally ready. Look, I, I understand it's an essence. Like, people make the smallest lies to get out of. No, actually, I mean, I was being honest. Like, I really wasn't emotionally ready for. Her. She was older. I mean, she was older. Well, if, and, if you're, what you're telling me earlier before the show listen, recording is, listen, is, is listen. it sounds like you're pretty damn ready. <laughs> so, what my point was is that we, we tend to make these little lies or little fibs to get out of stuff like that at the very basic level. Um, you just might not feel comfortable in, and I mean, does it really matter? Is, is she gonna know that you technically lied about that? No, unless if she listens to this podcast. I hope not. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> yeah. we're sorry you found out this way. But so I mean, but then, but that was like it, it, it's it's a it's a uh, it's a conformative way to help you get through the situation. Well, I and know, I guess what it, I was saying is it like, doesn't hurt. I knew what I was going on another situation, another. Hang out with a different person on Sunday, so I want to make sure I had that one ended. 
like, hey, listen, I, I just, on the back burner, because I don't want to get in a situation where you're trying to date two people at one time. You're a prime example of our conversation right now. I, that's, what I, that's why I brought it up. And no, honestly, I commend you for it. Some people, in, you, again, this whole topic is subjective. I don't know how many times I'm going to say this tonight. But because of that, there are going to be people that look at you and said, seriously, you just broke this off with this girl Saturday night and then started talking to another girl Sunday night? And you know what? That's fair for them to think like that. Fair for them to think that you, while maybe even still entertaining the first girl, had eyes and were viewing and looking at and talking to the second girl. Yeah. But there are people like myself that commend you for ending the one that you were not interested in and not fully committed in and making sure that there were no emotional ties building any further so that you could start on to the next one. Yeah. Because you were a, not involving two people. Well, it's a dick move to string people to string people along. Oh, absolutely. That is like the biggest let's be clear here. If you're stringing someone along emotionally for your own self insecurity, self bullshit, I don't know what it is, that is the biggest douche douchery move male or female can do. Like I'm being, it is so. If you're not, if you're not there, if you're not interested, not not really looking for it, just be clear. Don't be having someone a friend because you you're lonely. If you want a friend because you're lonely, just tell them, hey, let's let's, let's be friends because I need need someone to talk to. That's fine, but don't use the person's emotional, um, emotional capacity for your own gain. I know we actually talked about this a little bit on a previous podcast, but even I know it's not the right thing to do, but even if you just simply ghost somebody, at least you're cutting it off. It's not, I don't believe it's the right way to end things, but I mean, it's worse than stringing it out. I mean, it's not that, worse. Agree, it's not worse than stringing it out. No, it's it not out. worse. It is not worse. Ghosting, while ghosting has is, is problematic. Yes. It's not worse than stringing it all. Oh, I, I I tell you all the time, I appreciate it more when they do that than when they just play it out. Yeah, they they pedal paddle and say, let's do this. And then the, the worst, the worst is when they want to, um, let's hang out and get food, then you pay for their food. So now you've been on four dates in which you paid for all their dates and all their food, and they had no intention of ever even getting any kind of serious relationship. They just wanted a free, free meal. Sure. And someone to hang out with. No problem paying for your for your people people's meals, but be honest in the conversation at least when we're talking. Are you implying that the person was just leveraging you for free food? Yeah, 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 and hanging out. How often? I I, I just you'd don't be know surprised how often more than, that you'd is. be surprised how often that happens. Really, I've I know I have friends, female friends, who have been on four dates in one day. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's uh breakfast, lunch, dinner, and dessert. That's incredible. I, I'm being dead serious. I need to meet this person. <laughs> it's not one, it's a couple. Oh, a couple people. This is not again, like this is not a like a That's scary to think about, man. I mean, it really is. Like I don't appreciate them doing that, but at the same time, it's like can you really condemn them for what they're doing? No, you can't. It's like but Pros and cons. It sucks. Like, it just sucks. Cheating and stringing out and all this bullshit, it's like, it's a no-win situation for everybody involved. No-win situation. Now, 
we've talked about the basics of cheating, the basic underlying levels of it. I want to get deeper into the actual relationship aspect. What, in your opinion, is the reason why cheating happens just mm. off the bat? Mm. Like, what is your first thing that comes to your mind of saying, Lack of communication. This is why? Lack of communication. I couldn't say it better myself. Besides that, I mean, after that, it, you can pick disinterest in disinterest in, in physical in physical appearance or whatever but number one and first and foremost is lack of communication and I think number two has to be lack of connect connectivity but they go hand in there's hand there's a lot of different underlying layers but I'm just I'm trying to get inside of the mind of a cheater right now because I'm going to be completely honest in one of my relationships I have Intent, I have well beliefs that I was cheated on. I don't know for certain. I honestly, I don't care to find out. I'll talk to you later about it. Interesting. interesting. Uh, yes, I didn't know this I, part. I, I, didn't know this um, part. I had gotten a text. Actually, you know what? Fuck it. I'll just say it right here on this pod. So one of my relationships, I had gotten a text message. I was actually driving a friend to uh, their place, and I had gotten a text message from their phone. And it said, I guess there was some big argument because she had been on a, she had been on like a double day out the out at the bars with some people. Yeah. And I got a text from the phone saying, "Well, so I cheated on you with so and so back down at school, so so and so and so so." Um, I'm not gonna go into the details, obviously, but oh, I remember this. I remember this. I remember this. I was in a lot of shock. Come to be next morning, found out or supposedly was told that the best friend took the phone and messaged me it because I was supposedly bothering them while they were on their double date out at the bars. Um, I really don't care what the outcome was. Like I said, I don't need that closure or anything. It really doesn't bother me because I'm, I've been way done with that relationship. It's way in the past and it's no longer even a blink in my eye. But... It's it's like you want to get inside of the mind because what would even possess the person to do it? Like, I get it. The the communication well, is lacking. But honestly, I didn't really feel like in my situation itself, communication was lacking on that on my end. Yeah, but like, for I wasn't you, getting any from them. But for you... Is so, it just that they met someone and they were no, just interested in, you know... Distance happens? I distance, mean... Distance, yeah. Opportunity... So many different factors play into why people cheat. Lack of communication is like I think they're at the root of it, but then like what causes it? Because it's a spiral effect, right? Because it's not just like you're not talking and then I'm gonna go cheat. It's like I'm not talking, so now I feel lonely. So now I go to the bars, meet some random person who's a smooth talker, tell me I'm pretty, I'm cute, whatever. Next thing you know, I feel like having sex with them. So I will tell you though, the one thing that made this in my mind believable and why I kind of called bullshit on the text the morning after it's, and this is kind of the underlying thing. I think that results in cheating a lot. Often it typically tends to be with a partner that they've known really well, that they've been close with, that they've oh, had some type, not, some type not, of connection. That's not true. It's been true in that case specifically. in many of the cases I've seen with friends around me, I've seen both cases. I'm not saying Close it's impossible for, no, for strangers, I know I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm just saying but it's more like more often than not they have known the person. It could be like an ex, could be an ex. Someone that they've either been close with like that or you know maybe a good friend or something. 
Yeah. Guarantee you, majority of the time, that's what it is. You ask anybody in the city, in the state, in this country. More often than not. Because typically, people will choose someone they're comfortable with. That's true, too. That's true, too. I mean, these things, there are so many factors that go into cheating, right? Because it's a... So many factors that go into it. Obviously, but and I'm I'm thinking of like different stories in my head of like friends that have either been cheated. Share an example without details. I mean, what 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 is some what's a common theme you've seen? We'll go into the common themes. Oh, distance is a big big thing. Big theme is distance. Um, Lack of uh, maturity on both parts. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a big one. Um, communication, obviously, we said that already. That's like the we're going to keep harping yeah. on communication until the cows come home. Everything is based um, on it. Opportunity, alcohol, both things together kind of help. Alcohol is like a secondary factor. I think. I think it has a secondary laying at. Like it has to have something co- combined with. You know it. what I'm saying? But like it has to be some kind of. I don't think people just get drunk and just decide to sleep with someone randomly. No, I don't think that happens. I don't think that happens either. I know. I think people go with intentions. Which is why I think it's a secondary effect. What do you th- what do you think are some of the issues, some factors? <sighs> some of the, the factors, I don't know. I think insecurities a lot. Insecurities might be a lesser one than most. But I, I think that's a factor that can play in a lot of things. I, I honestly can't tell you why. Be, but I've just seen examples of that being the case. No, insecurities is a big one. Um, You know, maybe just attraction to the person. I, I Sometimes there's not some deep meaning or deep message or deep underlying like factor, like scientifically. Sometimes they're just attracted to the person and maybe they're interested in them more and they've lost the lust for their partner and they make a stupid decision and go for the person. At some point, you just have to go down to just human error. Human error, stupid decisions. At some point, that's just what it turns out to be. Some some situations, there might not be a, a foolproof, like, exact reason why they cheated on somebody. I agree. But the rap, like the last five minutes or so of this topic, I want to get into the, the back half of this conversation yeah, yeah. and how do you handle cheating? What is your method? What is your guidelines that you stick to that are like you're, you're like you're going to do and like you hold it true to your heart and you're not bending or breaking these rules for anything? Got to have a conversation about what the fuck happened, what what caused it, what happened. Um, it has to be after after you can't after the initial emotions pass. Need to at least have a, a, some sort of base level conversation to figure out what happened, what was the root cause of it, um, and then from there you have to, to be able to make the next steps and say, "Is it over? Can we repair this? Like, what do we have to do?" And be comfortable, be be okay with it being over, and be okay with it also moving forward too. Because cheating is not just a one person act. In my opinion. Are you placing some of the blame on the partner then? Yeah. 
a little bit has to go on the partner. Okay, I'll play devil's advocate. What if they don't know you're dating somebody? No, 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 not them. Not... Oh, you're blaming the... Okay, I see what you're doing. Go ahead. Like, their relationship. Like, okay. there has to be, like... Yeah, the person who cheated made the graver mistake. So you're essentially victim-blaming right now. Like, I, I, I don't get what you're getting at. What do you mean? What are you blaming the person that's getting cheated on? What are you blaming them for? They had some cause of either they were not communicating enough, they weren't doing something. Like, there were signs that led to this. See, I, I don't want to get into a different topic, but that kind of feels like victim blaming almost. I mean, there's, I mean, individual circumstances that can happen, definitely. But more times often than not, are you really going to place the blame on them because supposedly they weren't, if anything, they no, might be. No, they don't have the blame. They have, I'm saying they have, no, they're not fully culpable for anything. But they do have a little bit of. Well, even if your argument is that they're not communicating well enough, is that because maybe the person that's cheating the, on them isn't even communicating that to them? Whatever it is. Whatever it is. That person still, I think, has some. I think that's a case by case situation. Maybe. I, I, maybe. I just don't know if I can get behind that. Maybe. What are your what are your standards? My standards is I'm pretty tough. And unfortunately in that situation, because I just I didn't have all the facts in front of me. I didn't really know if it was true or not, and I really didn't have a way to prove it. I didn't have a way to prove it to myself to hold my standards to myself. And I in the in turn I let that make me weak. And to be honest, I was completely weak in that entire relationship. So it kind of honestly set the foundation for everything I went through during that whole entire process. But I have some pretty unbreakable rules. I feel like if you are able to do that to me once, you're able to do it to me again. And that's why, I mean, I hold that standard and many facets of relationships. You know, I've given advice to people that have dealt with abuse, cheat, being cheated on and stuff and like that. And I tell them every single time, if it happens once, it can and most likely will happen again. And it's unfortunate but you have to have that hard stance because at the same time, you have to worry about yourself first, your well-being, your mental health, your physical health, and all of that combined. I agree. It's most important. And I believe holding a hard line on something like cheating is important. I don't so take done. any exemptions. If I find out and I know for a fact I have it and it's like it could be taken to court and proven that, yes, you did cheat, I'm done. I'm out. I'm sorry. I just I cannot continue that because at the base of it all of the trust is gone all of the love is gone and all of my want to be with that person goes out the door it's gone i i just that cannot be saved in my opinion i feel like that's going to change i don't think so talk to me when you're 40 so. that's fine that's fine i just cannot get behind Trust is the biggest thing. No, I mean, I get what I you're. Hold. I get what you're saying. I'm just saying, I feel like that's gonna change. Why do you think that? I I just don't get that. Because I've seen married couples go through this process, especially when they're married. And they, so I don't think I don't think the love goes away. That's situational. I think it's situational. Maybe. I, don't, I, I mean, that's just a to talk to me when you're forty. Talk to me when you're forty. That's fair. I think I'll still hold the stance. Because knowing you, you might. Because, because knowing, I, I just, I hold trust to a, a high, 
high priority. And if I lose it with you, it's gone. Like everything's lost. Like if I can't trust you, there's no point in me even putting any a second of time into you anymore. It's just as easy as that. Fair enough. All right, when we come back, I think we kind of hinted at it in the first segment a little bit, but toxic masculinity, something I know a lot of the ladies deal with on a daily basis, and it's unfortunate, but you're going to hear it from a guy's point of view and how we think we need to fix the stigmas involved, how guys think, and, you know, just straighten up. All right, so we're talking about toxic masculinity. Sal, when I say those two words to you, what is the first thing that comes to mind? Well, first of all, this coffee's hitting different. Oh, uh, yeah, they got the good grounds today? Bad grounds today. Oh, I got you. <laughs> hitting, a little, hitting a little weird, hey, but it's man, all right. The office can only afford so many of those K-cups. Whatever. Y'all rich over here. No, stop. Um, Toxic masculinity. I mean, it's... I feel like the biggest thing is that you know it when you see it, but how do you define it? I think it's a big thing with ego. I, I, I think ego is the biggest definer in it. Ego is the biggest definer in what we're talking about with talk, toxic masculinity. I believe so. I believe that guys, and especially males, need to play that tough role, that big egotistical person. It's almost like a shield they put over themselves. And while they might not necessarily intend to come off that way, by the way they're behaving and by the way they're covering themselves up with that, it in turn becomes toxic masculinity. I feel like you're missing the bigger issue, which is insecurity. Yes, I, I think that's that's part of what they're covering up. I think that's kind of the essence of what males in general tend to cover up the things that bring them down. I, I think that's one of the biggest things that we deal with in society is that men feel like and this is a completely different topic, but men feel like they can't show emotion. They got to keep reserved. They got to keep everything, you know, bottled up. I agree. And that's a completely different topic, but it also ties into what we're talking about because when they have to do the covering up, they overdo it or they try to make like make it seem like they're, you know, the big macho man, and it's such a stereotype that we've created through media, through television, through, you know, just pop culture. And it comes off as just very disgusting to the normal population. I I mean, the best way to describe it is just looking at, you know, examples in the world. No, I mean, yeah. I think that there's so much, it's overcompensating for something that you feel maybe ashamed about, don't want to talk about. And so you try to hide it by by trying to live up to what you perceive a societal manhood. I definitely have been, and I mean, I've definitely been a, a person that's fallen victim to this, to this thing. So I mean, I'm not speaking. I'm speaking from experience here. Like you perceive this as like, oh, if I don't show any emotion, if I if I act a certain way, if I'm this kind of a certain way, that's what it being that's what it means to be a man. And it ends up being very toxic to people around you because. All they see is a bravado, is like a massive bravado persona, which is not what they want to be around. I I think, again, this is why we're tying it into this conversation, but I think most of the time we see this in relationships. And I, I think a lot of the times you see it, you know, 
when I said like movies and TV kind of exemplify what this is, you've seen it. The the jock in the movie yeah, yeah. that's dating, you know, the sorority chick. Yeah, yeah. And he just is a complete douche. And I don't know. What's the best example to think of that? It's the guy or it's, man, I'm going to show how much of an idiot I am. From Back to the Future, the big bully. I can't remember his name. But that's kind of the toxic masculinity I'm talking about. You know, the guy who forces his way in and thinks he just deserves whatever he wants and the girl is just going to offer it to him on a platter and say, here you go. Like that, They just feel like they're owed everything. I agree. How do you check that at the door? How do you make sure people check that well, attitude? Well, first of all, make sure they don't, they're not, they're not, they don't deserve shit. And it has to be them checking themselves first because they have to realize that I put my pants on. How do I say this? Be careful. They need to. They need to realize that the person next to them puts their pants on one leg at a time, just like they do. Nothing is different. We don't all. It's not like we all do the same. We all shower, have bodily fluids, put our clothes on. So we all. It's not like you're better than them or something like that. So. That's one thing. That's one I think you're say. you're describing just maybe in just normal public setting. No, but I'm saying like that's like the first thing how that you can start to check yourself. Like yes. for them to check themselves, but how do you how does a female check them? Is it your other question? Which let me let me see if I can get to that. I, I think first off, before you touch on that real quick, I think what you described is just general toxic masculinity yeah, yeah. in the world. I think there's kind of a little bit not too much, but there's a little bit difference between just normal toxic masculinity. And the kind that's portrayed on a woman by a male in a yeah, relationship. Yeah. But go ahead and continue with your thought. So how does the question is how does a how does a female check toxic masculinity? Sure. Um Wow, that's a good question. I think for, for the first thing they need to the female needs to be Just be okay. strong in your own right. No. Be okay with calling someone out on yes, bullshit. Yes, absolutely. Um, and be strong enough to say like, "Hey, listen, this is what I want, and this isn't. You're not. You're not. You're not giving me what I want. So call them out, and be honest. Um, and females do do that. Some of them, some females do, and some females don't. And so, let's put it like this: if you're unhappy, say something. I get it though. Sometimes you don't want to, you don't want to say anything because you don't want to be you don't want to be rude you don't want to be mean, but if you're unhappy, make that known publicly. Um, and call people out for for shit. I think this is a baseline of a bigger issue that goes even beyond just toxic masculinity. Yeah, I mean, like, this, it's this a fraction. A... It's it's a fraction of a lot of different things that accumulate and build that toxic relationship. Yeah. yeah. Um. I know we see this common in relationships that are built upon abuse and whatnot. It's one of the most signifying things that you can see and you can tell when a relationship is like that. And unfortunately, those situations continue in the situation where the woman can't go out and address that with the man. Right. Whether she's scared, she feels like he's going to physically harm her, something like that. It's It's a dangerous situation. Like, there's so many ways to look at this topic of toxic masculinity, but one of the more serious ways to look at it is that it's just a foundation 
for a lot of dangerous relationships that are out there. No. You go look at go look at any relationship. I, I know I've know I know people that have suffered. No, I mean have absolutely I, suffered I from abusive relationships. I agree with you. And it was always the foundation of the male in that situation. It was I toxic agree. masculinity. I agree. In some way, shape, or form. You're preaching the choir. So we talked about the sides of it and how does a woman go in addressing it. They either can or they can't. We've seen it in many different relationship situations. Yeah. For the ladies that have struggled to do it and they yeah. find it hard to do it, what are the avenues or what kind of can they take solace in to learn and Talk to help them? Talk to your friends. Um, the hardest thing the hardest thing to do sometimes is to <laughs> share what's going on in your relationship with, with friends. You, you think that it, you might be you might have shame around it. You might have some kind of fear around it. Um, find your best girlfriends. Sit down and tell them what's going on. And let them be your advocate for you. You'd be surprised that a pack of girls with a common goal. This is true. I mean, it's it's it this is that, that's true. And so, if you if you are having troubles in your relationship because X, Y, and Z, and it's it's toxic for you, and you don't have a pathway out yourself that you can see. Go get go get brunch with your girlfriends, and tell them what's happening to you. Um. And if that doesn't work, the next step is go tell. I mean, I know it's it's always a cliche. Don't go back to mom. Don't go back to mom. Don't go back to mom. But sometimes, listen, going back to mom is okay. For some advice. I mean, this help. is serious stuff. No, uh, absolutely. I don't think you should even second guess that. So go back to, if, if, if friends don't work, go back to family, parents. Um, there are so many avenues. And, and then there's also, if it's abusive like that, I know there's some, there's some clinics and stuff around, around different, every, every major city has some kind of clinic or something. To get help like that, so I mean, if it's right. like that level of abuse, um, I would I would always suggest seeking help from those clinics and stuff too. Um, but yeah, I mean, there there are levels, right? But I definitely think following the levels and don't feel like you're alone. Um, we have this great thing called the internet. Well, great in some scenarios, but yes, that allows you to Google stuff like this. Where can I get help from? Like, is where is there is there a support group in town? Is there a women's center in town that's helping with this situation? There are so many things that that you can find that help you with these stuff. That, this stuff in your city. Um, yeah. So I I think the main focus I wanted to take this conversation yeah, yeah. on is, you know, as men ourselves, how do we obviously. We can't just go out and just change everybody and fix everything. But like, how do we help call it out? Call it not just call it out, but also enact change on our peers. Yeah, it's the same way. Not to harp on it, not to bring it up because I know it's a different topic, but it's the same way we call out racism today amongst our friends when we see it. We call out sexism when we see it. When someone is, when we see someone being unintentionally bigoted or racist, we've gotten better, not great, better at calling out our friends. We should do the same thing with toxic masculinity. 
when we see someone that we know or someone that we love having portraying toxic masculinity in their daily daily lives, we should call it out. Um, call it out for what it is. I completely agree with you. I, I'm just trying to play, uh, not necessarily play devil's advocate, but just kind of like the angle of like the average male that's in the position you're trying to encourage right there. I feel like a lot of guys are, even themselves, they're afraid to call it out because, you know, they don't want to come off against their peer, someone they're close with. I feel like that's... That's not true friendship. Well, that's true. But it's also, I think a lot of plays into it is this, you know, this false sense of masculinity that a lot of guys have where it's, you know, you can't show emotion. You can't, you got to be tough. You got to have stone cold 24-7. You got to be the dominant gender whatever yeah, yeah and you know don't front against one of your pe- your own peers your yeah, male yeah. peers i don't know where that all came from maybe it's just biologically but unfortunately that's just how a lot of men think and they don't even really it's more subconscious yeah you know they don't actually outward think it you I know agree. if you you stick somebody a male in that situation in between that and just want to observe how they react subconsciously, that's going to overtake, unfortunately, more times than not. And that's why we're sitting here having this conversation. Why is it so hard for men to overcome that obstacle and addressing it with their peers? And I'm not even talking about just addressing it within yourself if you're struggling with it. No, yeah, yeah, with your peers. So let's go back to, I think, um, so I'm trying to think of like our relationship, like our friendship. Like, we call each other out for, like, so, for example, last week's, or last episode was probably tough, for, was tougher for me. Because the second part of the episode was about, some of it was about me. And calling me out for a little bit of stuff that I might do when it comes to friendships and stuff like that. Um, And so that was tougher for me to deal with, right? But that's what, that's what good friends do. We've had a conversation off air, on air, um, I call you out for stuff all the time. <laughs> um, some more times than other, but mm-hmm. so I mean that's what, but that's what, so that's like our relationship. And I think because we're so close, for you guys, for you guys who don't know, I've known Colin since we were five. Um, our parents have known each other since before we were born. Um. So that's like a background of our friendship and how it's kind of developed. His his dad has kind of been, my dad passed away when I was 14. And so his dad has kind of always been there texting me sometimes saying, hey, what's going on? How's school? How's this? How's that? How are your grades? If they weren't good, he'd yell at me just like I was his own son. Um, so that's like, our, that's our friendship, our relationship. We're like brothers. Now, that's not everyone, right? And so I think that, it's it's rare for the circumstance we're talking but about. But I'm thinking yeah. but what I'm trying to say is like at some level you have to be okay with saying, Hey, listen, because I care about you so much and I want you to be to succeed in life, I'm gonna call you out on something that might be uncomfortable. <laughs> and you'd be surprised how much I know in the moment, trust me, in the moment, those conversations suck because all you want to do is throw something at the person and be like, F you and walk out. But when people actually are called on their shit and then they self-examine, self-examine themselves, they realize, well, maybe they were right. And so maybe I need to change something. 
or work towards change. So I think it's just having the courage and the confidence to be like, because I care so much, I'm going to have to call you out a little bit. Yeah, no, that's what you should do. Uh, all, every scenario is different. Every scenario completely is completely understand that. All we can do is hopefully encourage people to make that change or make that effort because we know it's hard. We know it's hard and we know it would it takes a lot inside somebody to make a stand like that against someone they respect and are so close with like that. It's just it's that special type of bond. But it's also that special type of person to do that. Because as we've seen in society, it's unfortunately rare for people to go against their peers and stand up like that. Toxic masculinity is something we're always going to struggle with as a society. You see it, see it every day. Whether it's mansplaining, at the very basic level, mansplaining something simple. Yeah. It's that essence of a male either through ego or just through their front that they're putting on that they feel like they need to be that stereotypical figure that's tough that's strong that you know nothing can get in their way and that nothing can stop them and you know what they want is what they're gonna get and what they're gonna do it's gotta stop it's gotta stop on so many different levels and it's unfortunate that so many people have to go through it but it's our job as a society to put that stuff to rest but we appreciate everybody for listening today listening to episode number five I can't believe we're already to that point already Please tune in next week. I know sometime, sometime next week we'll get number six going. But for Sal, my name is Colin. Thank you for listening again. We hope you enjoyed it. And tune in next week. We appreciate you. Just talk, can we just talk, figure out where we're going.